0: This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to the Real Real, where we go behind the highlight reel and go into the unfiltered. I'm your host, Natalie Barbu, and let's get into it. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to my podcast. The Real Real Podcast with me, Natalie Barbu. Today, I am actually going to make this slightly different than my previous episodes. So I always do video and audio and that's not changing this time around, but if you're watching on video or you're listening on audio, the intros are going to be slightly different just because I want the video to feel more like a YouTube video and I want the audio to feel more like a podcast and... That means that the intro is just going to be slightly different. So if you're watching both and you're like, huh, that's not what she said in both of them that's the reason why. But if you are listening to my podcast, hello, welcome to the podcast. I just announced my rebrand last week and that went so, so well. So I am so excited about that. And I am very excited to be back on the mic. And I actually heard a lot of you guys mentioned guests that you wanted me to have on, but so many of you actually said that you liked my solo episodes, which makes me really happy because I'm not going to lie. I really like recording them, especially now that they're going on YouTube as well. It feels like I'm bringing in my YouTube channel to my podcast and we're kind of becoming a blended family. I know that a lot of people do consume both pieces of media, like they'll watch my YouTube channel and they also listen to my podcast, but some people don't. Some people only watch my YouTube videos. Some people only listen to my podcast. And this is kind of a good way to bridge those two together. So Welcome everyone to the podcast. Uh, I did mention last week that I'm going to be having an unfiltered segment in today's episode, or not in today's episode. in In every episode, I want to have kind of an unfiltered segment, which means the unfiltered version of the week and my unfiltered moment of the week. Let me think. Something that I didn't post on social media. I mean, I am home in North Carolina, so that is, I guess, slightly different, but that's not really juicy. I guess this week, honestly, it kind of fits the theme of the episode, but I have been feeling pretty discouraged and pretty sad. I'm not going to lie. I was talking to my friend Julie about this. We've both been having just kind of rough weeks and we both are business owners, so we can relate in that sense. But I think the stress of being a business owner and having so much pressure on your shoulders and having so much work that you need to get done and the unknown of the future has really taken a toll on both of us. And it's not something I really talk about on social media, but it's kind of crunch time for Rella. I'm not going to lie. And I've been working super hard on Just hard at work and spending so many hours on Rella. And I feel like I'm honestly drowning. I'm not going to lie. I feel like I have been behind on so many deadlines and so many brand deals. This podcast is late to my editor. I've had to push back every brand deal that was due this week. Um, One of the brand deals I actually have to film in like a robe that they sent me. And I didn't read the brief before I left for North Carolina. And after I've already pushed it back, the deadline. Um, And now I realize that I didn't bring the robe with me to North Carolina, so my friend has to go to my apartment, get it, overnight it to my place, and then I have to film it. And then I'm gonna be even later. I'm gonna be like a week late on the deliverable, and I've, I'm just like never like that. Like that's not something that I ever do. And the fact that it's all happening this week is just really overwhelming. And I don't really like sharing that because then it makes me look unprofessional or it makes me look like I don't know what I'm doing. And I I don't want to talk about that. So. I don't really share that on social media, but for the nature of being open and honest and vulnerable, um, yeah, I'm feeling really overwhelmed and I'm saying it with a smile on my face, but I'm not going to lie, this week has been pretty rough. So I'm back in North Carolina and I'm sitting on the mic and I'm kind of doing a two-parter and I'm not going to lie, it's also because it's easier because I get to knock out a YouTube video and a podcast all in one. But it's also because I couldn't decide which to put this on. I was like, I want this to be a YouTube video, but I also want this to be a podcast. And so I was like, why not both? It's like the Taco Bell commercial. Like, why not both? So I am recording this and it is going to be all about how to become a creator in 2024. And I am looking to incorporate more of this like evergreen style content back into my channel. And so I'm excited to start like creating more how-tos or educational videos cuz i was looking at my analytics and the videos that have actually performed the best like even this week like even though i've uploaded a ton of content recently the top performing content this week is stuff that i uploaded over a year ago like for example my how to open up a coffee shop with that i recorded with julie that video all of a sudden is taking off it actually flopped in the beginning the first few months it got like no views it got super low views for my channel And now it's taking off and it's one of my most viewed videos. So things like that, I just want to create more of content that people are going to be searching for forever. And I do think like how to become a creator is going to be one of those topics, especially if I say in 2024, I have the entire year of 2024 for this to do well, and then whenever 2024... like passes. So at the end of next year, I'll just change the title and I I'll just remove 2024. So it continues to be relevant for people. Um, so there you have it little life hack there. If you have anything that has like a year in it, maybe go back and change it to either the current year or just like get rid of the year so that people can search for it and they don't think it's outdated. So anyways, I'm very excited to record this video because so many people are trying to become uh, a creator this year. And I mean, I understand why I think it's the best job in the world, but I feel like a lot of people don't know how to start or they kind of need guidance on when and, and where to start. And so that is what I am going to be doing. So in today's video, or today's episode, I should say, I will be telling you guys tips on how to become a creator in 2024. So before we get into the actual tips, I want to give you a little bit of a background on why I think I am credible enough to film this video. Because I know some people are going to say, you don't even get that many views anymore. Like, Why are you filming how to become a creator? And let me explain. I started back on YouTube in 2011. Times have changed since then. It's a totally different beast than it was back then. However, I have been able to do this full time for the past four years, and I have made well over six figures for the past four years solely on social media and content creation. And so I think when people say that they want to become content creators, of course, it is because it is so much fun and it is a great hobby and it is something like a creative outlet. But I also am not naive to think that people are clicking on this video solely to watch about how to create content. A lot of people want to learn how to actually make this a career and how to make money off of it. And so I think I am credible to say that I have made this a career for the past four years, but I've also been doing this for over a decade. So I do know a little bit about social media and I'm not going to not act confident and kind of shy away from that because I know that I Have done well for myself when it comes to social media. And it's not because I'm special. It's not because I'm unique. It's not because I know something other people don't. It's honestly because I have been persistent with it and I have just learned from my experience doing it. And that's about it. And that is why this should be encouraging because I don't think I am anything special. I think anyone can become a creator. And I don't think you need to act a certain way, look a certain way, be a certain way. I think it really is. These tactics that I've learned over the years that can make any single person a creator. And so when I say creator, you can also interchange that word for influencer. I know some people don't like the word influencer, but at the end of the day, you have influence on social media and you're using it. And so you kind of are an influencer, even if you don't really want to adopt that word. That is what you are. So. Let's get into my tips on how to become a creator in 2024 and what I would do if I was starting from scratch in 2024, because the fact that 2023 is over is insane to me. So the number one thing that you need to ask yourself is what type of content are you going to create? And this might seem like a very basic question, but we have to go back to the basics if you want to be a creator this year. So What type of content are you going to create? I think that's what actually stops a lot of people is they think, I don't know what to post. Like they want to be a creator because they follow creators and they look at what they do for a living and they're like, wow, I want to do that. That looks like so much fun. Or, ooh, I love those things that she's doing or that that those topics that she's talking about. I want to do something like that, too. And I'm here to tell you that you absolutely can. But you need to figure out first what type of content are you going to be posting about? And I think a good exercise to figure out the type of content you want to post about is to look at what you're already consuming. A lot of us are consuming content that we would actually want to create. That's actually how I started. I know I started so long ago, but I don't think it changes with how people are consuming content and what people want to create. I was consuming content of people making beauty and fashion videos. They were around my age, 15 years old at the time, in their childhood bedrooms, Filming videos about makeup and beauty and fashion. And I was like, wait, I love that. I want to create the same thing. And so I took inspiration from these girls that I was watching and I decided to create a makeup tutorial myself. And that's how my channel started. It was because I was consuming that content and that's the type of content I wanted to create. So look at the co- type of content you're consuming. If you are into health and wellness, maybe you're consuming a lot of recipe videos, a lot of, you know, workouts of the week videos, a lot of best you know, foods that make me feel good or whatever. I'm not that into health and wellness. So maybe I'm way off in my descriptions. But if you're into that, you're probably consuming a lot of that content. It's usually rare that you're into, let's say, health and wellness and your Instagram feed or your TikTok feed or your YouTube subscription feed is like cars. You know, like it's it's usually not like that. Usually that you consume what you are interested in. And so that is the number one place to start. And I think everyone that wants to create content usually starts off as a consumer. So that's step one. And then the next thing is, what are you genuinely interested in? And what do you wish was out there? When I started posting about my engineering days in school, it was because I genuinely wanted to watch other people in engineering. And I didn't see that out there. I saw a day in the life class, Content And I loved filming that, but I wanted to see something more specific. I wanted to see day in the life content as an engineer, and I didn't see any of that. So I decided to make it. So that's another way that you can kind of figure out what content you want to make is if it's not out there, but you wish it was because typically if you wish something was out there. Other people wish it was out there too, but no one's doing it. And so you're already going to have an audience that wants to watch you and you're going to stand out because you're one of the only ones that worked really well for me. When I first started my job at Accenture, I did not have a lot of people that were working the corporate life that were filming vlogs. And eventually that started to pick up. And nowadays I feel like that's not even like unusual. That's something that's very common. But back in 2018, I didn't see any of that content. And so I decided to start filming vlogs about working a corporate job. And it's because I wished it was out there and I wish it existed. And that content did so well. And I'm essentially doing the same thing now, being a startup founder, I'm filming content that I wish I saw. I can't tell you how many times I would search startup vlog, startup founder vlog. And all I would see were these very like, tech broy dudes filming very highly produced vlogs about being a founder that would wake up at 5am and check the news and chug coffee and get to work at 6 and you better grind or you're never going to make it, like that type of content. I didn't really resonate with it. So I started creating the content that I wanted to see. And I think a lot of other founders now have found my content and enjoy it. And so I think that's another way to figure out what type of content you're going to post is what's not out there that you wish was out there. And if I'm being repetitive, it's because I do think that repetition sticks and you need to kind of hear a bunch of examples before you get it in your brain that that is something that actually works. So bear with me here. Also, I want to stress that a lot of people will say, oh, well, I just want to post content that's going to get me a lot of views. Because ultimately, I know you're watching this video because you want to get views on your content. Whether you've started or you're thinking about starting, no one wants to create content, upload it, and have it get zero views. No one wants to do that. And I think it's fine to focus on numbers. I just don't think that it should be the like end-all be-all is to have something get a ton of views from the beginning. But of course people want to focus on numbers like that's normal and I don't think we should villainize people for wanting to grow their numbers. However, Don't create content just because you think it's going to get you a lot of views, because at the end of the day, no one knows what's going to get a lot of views. You can have, you know, an inkling. You can think, oh, I think that this will do well. But if your content is only things that you think are going to go viral, it's going to be really hard to maintain and it's going to be hard for you to enjoy it, especially when you create content that you don't even like just because you think it's going to get a lot of views and then it doesn't get a lot of views. You're going to give up really quickly. So I actually think that the views can come in so many different ways even in the ways that I just said, like you're consuming that type of content. You would like that content or in ways like, Hey, you wish that this was out there. And so that's why it's going to do well because other people are like you and they also wish that that content was out there. So don't focus on the views as much as you're focusing on your individual interests. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should Payday? The money you earn can be in your hands today as it should with Earnin. Earnin is an app that is changing the game when it comes to getting paid. Imagine having access to the money you've earned as you work, not just waiting for Payday. With EarnIn, you can access up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the EarnIn app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So think about it. The next time you're planning a special night out, you need a last minute gift for a loved one, or you face an unexpected expense, like maybe a trip to the vet. Earning has you covered. For me, it's about having the flexibility to handle those surprise expenses that life throws my way. So, whether it's unexpected bills or needing to cover rent when things are tight, earning gives me peace of mind knowing that I have access to my hard earned cash when I need it most. Get busy being frizz-free with Waze's new anti-frizz cream. It's not just about taming frizz. It also provides heat protection up to 450 degrees, reduces interpair split ends, quenches dry hair with intense hydration, and according to a consumer perception study, 90% of participants agreed that their hair looked less frizzy after using it, another question I get asked when it comes to figuring out what content to post is if you should niche down. I don't think that there is a right answer to this. I don't think the answer is yes. And I don't think the answer is no. I think it completely depends on your interests, which this should excite you because it's really based on what you want to do rather than pigeonhole you into being like, crap, I have to find the one thing I'm interested in. I do think there are advantages to both. So the advantages to niching down are that the algorithms nowadays are really good at targeting what they think that you will like. So if you are following a lot of, I don't know, landscaping content, let's say, and then your videos are very niche landscaping content. I'm looking outside a window in my backyard, so that's why that was the first thing that came to me. But anyways, if you start filming landscaping content. It is going to go to people who specifically want landscaping content. So they will automatically probably like your stuff and follow along. So that's good. That is the good part about being very niche down is I think you can grow very quickly. However, when you are super niche down, it can also feel discouraging because you might think I want to upload other stuff. I don't only want to stick to landscaping. Like I want to film a day in my life or I want to talk about my favorite recipes or Whatever, maybe you want to change it up. You feel kind of pigeonholed that you can only talk about landscaping because whenever you post anything with another topic, it doesn't get that many views. So that is where content pillars, I think, are good and, and have an advantage. If you don't want to niche down, I recommend content pillars. I think that your videos and your content should have a focus, but it doesn't necessarily need to be one specific thing. So if you're doing content pillars, you should pick three to four max content pillars I think three is a sweet spot and all of your content should fall in one of those buckets and they should relatively be related somewhat to each other. For example, because For me, I post my personal life and my personal brand. I can post about a variety of different topics. People follow me because they like me as an individual, not necessarily for my expertise on a certain area, which I think is a good thing. For me personally, it's what I personally like, but my content pillars still make sense. So for me, my content pillars are being a content creator. So for example, this video would fall into that content pillar where I am talking about being a creator, helping other creators out. Second pillar would be startup content. So anything that has to do with being a business owner or helping other business owners and reaching that type of audience. And then the third one would probably be like living in Miami content. So vlogs about being a 27 year old living in Miami and going about my life. And so if I post my favorite restaurants and I post my favorite, you know, what to do on a weekend in Miami, it still makes sense because people follow me for that reason as well. So those are the three buckets and sometimes they all can loop together in one. Like I might post a vlog that has to do with me being a creator living in Miami and owning a business and then it enters all three buckets. But I'm not going to post, for example, like a landscaping video because that has nothing to do with with any of those content pillars and so that way it actually gives you a lot of flexibility but also a little bit of structure so if you don't know what to post you can kind of look at those pillars and be like okay What can I do in those pillars? You know, so I do think that if whether you niche down or you don't, you should still have content pillars that it falls in. And if you're worried about niching down because you think, oh my gosh, I'm going to be stuck in this forever. I do want to say that you're never stuck in any specific niche forever. You can always pivot, but there's definitely going to be a period where during that pivot and during that transition, your views are a lot lower because people are used to only one type of content. And so that might be really discouraging. So that's step one, figure out the type of content that you want to post. Step two is asking yourself, which platforms are you going to focus on? Nowadays, you kind of have to be everywhere at once, or at least it feels like that. Like your favorite creators are on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, they have a podcast. Maybe they're active on Pinterest as well. They might even have a blog and a website that they're posting on, but I guarantee they didn't start that way. And so neither should you. I think it's kind of hard to compare yourself to people that have millions of followers or have been doing this for a really long time because they have more structure and they have more of their stuff together because it's second nature to them at this point. Filming a YouTube video for me is pretty easy compared to someone who is just starting out and has no idea what they're doing. So you can't compare like my process necessarily or the places that I am to you who is just starting out. And I think when you think about your favorite creators, you kind of want to be at their level right away but I always say this, do not compare your first video to someone's hundredth video. They have been doing this a lot longer. They've exercised that content creation muscle a lot longer than you have. You have to just start. That should be the goal. Just get something out there. So when I say what platforms to focus on, I think you should focus on one or two max in the beginning because content creation is hard. And I am assuming if you have stumbled upon this video, you probably realize that. And you're like, I need help. Let me search how to begin become a creator. So I am here to help you, but I do think content creation is really hard and you should focus on one or two. I always think the first one though, I think everyone should have an Instagram account and everyone should have an Instagram account that is public that they are posting on because Instagram is going to be your central hub. It's going to be your community and it's going to be like where you update people and where you can communicate to them. So I love using Instagram as like an engagement builder or a community builder if you follow me on Instagram, I always have a story up. It is very rare if I don't have an Instagram story up. And I wonder if that annoys people in my personal life. So if it does, I'm sorry, but I'm also not because it's my way of speaking to my audience. I am constantly sharing what I'm up to, what I'm doing. I am responding to DMs. I am responding to comments. I am posting photos just about my life and about you know what's new and any announcements. That is where you get the most up-to-date version of me and where I am building my community. I am not necessarily on Instagram to grow specifically through Instagram. I honestly think no one on Instagram has found me solely through Instagram. Maybe nowadays with Reels, you actually can. I've had a few Reels do semi-well, so I guess some people can like still follow me on Instagram, but I recommend everyone having an Instagram just to connect with their audience and build engagement that way. So that's step one. Next what are you going to do aside from Instagram? And Instagram can be your only thing. When I say focus on one or two platforms, maybe it's just Instagram. That's fine. Nowadays, you can grow via reels. So this still pertains to if you just want to grow on Instagram. But if you're going to add another platform, which one is it going to be? I specifically like to talk about YouTube and TikTok. I can make an entire video on podcasting. So if you do want to learn more about how to start a podcast, I will make a separate video on that because that's a whole different beast than YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram. So for this video, let's just talk about YouTube and TikTok and Instagram. So the next platform, which is going to be, it's going to be YouTube or is it going to be TikTok? And I think that if you tried to focus on all three at first, you are going to burn out and you're probably going to quit. So don't beat yourself up. Just focus on one. Honestly, if I were starting in 2024, I would actually recommend starting on TikTok. And you might be watching this on YouTube and you might say, what the heck? why are you recommending starting on TikTok? It is because I think it is easier to get discovered and grow on TikTok and to create content on TikTok than I think it is YouTube. And so if you are going to have a limited amount of time and you are going to, you know, you have other things, you have a job, you're working somewhere else, you're a student, and you are trying to grow on a platform, I think TikTok is a lot easier today than YouTube. But that's not to say that I don't think it's possible on YouTube or that I don't think YouTube is a great place to start either. That is just what I would personally do if I was starting again in 2024. So regardless of what you decide to do, pick one of them. Which one is it going to be? Set your Instagram account up and set up your YouTube or your TikTok account. Now, this is also important. In order to grow your following on Instagram and to grow your community, I would try to make your Instagram username and your TikTok or YouTube username the same thing so that when people search you on any platform, they find you. I know some people on TikTok have like this like funky username and then on Instagram it's their real name. Try as much as you can to make those two the same because I think that that is going to just help with like growing your community and making it easier for people to find you because people aren't obsessed with you right away like they might be like oh I want to follow her like but the way you get a more engaged audience is the more they see you and the more they get to know you and so if you make it hard for them to find you on every platform it's going to be hard for you to do that so that's why I would focus on having like the name and the username be the same throughout like if it's Natalie underscore Barbu it should be Natalie underscore Barbu everywhere thankfully. I am Natalie Barbu everywhere. So you can just find me through my name. But that being said, you know, even like the underscores and like the symbols and the numbers that you use should be the same across platforms. And I also think depending on the platform that you go for, your equipment that you're using is going to be different and it's going to vary. So for example, if you are starting on Instagram and TikTok you don't really need a professional camera. You just need a phone. So if you have a smartphone, you're set. That is literally all you need. And I don't even think the smartphone matters. Like nowadays, the cameras are so good on smartphones. That's all you need. It's really low budget. And then in terms of editing, I would use CapCut. It's free and it's like the best, easiest editor to edit on your phone. A lot of people will wonder if they should like invest in a high quality camera or expensive editing software. And my answer is no especially in the beginning. Start with what you have. If you're starting on YouTube and you're doing long form content, then I, that's where I would invest in a camera. I personally like the Sony ZV-1. That's what I'm using currently. As you guys can see, it's really tiny. So you can take it with you in your purse that you can travel with it really easy. So you can make sure that you're staying consistent and taking it along with you, but it's also really good quality. And I think it's definitely the best camera for vloggers. So that also is platform dependent. Even though I have a professional camera, I don't use it for like Instagram and TikTok. So, definitely your smartphone is good enough. And I know some people wonder like, okay, if I'm using CapCut, which is not necessarily an editor within the social media platforms, like I'm not editing within Instagram, I'm not editing within TikTok, does that mean, you know, the algorithm's not gonna push it? I think way too many people focus on these little algorithm life hacks rather than focusing on creating actually good content and content that people want to see and just being consistent. So that's why I actually would recommend still editing on a third party and then uploading it directly onto like Instagram and TikTok because it just saves you time. The ability to repurpose is so much easier. And so I definitely would recommend that over just like Editing within the app and then having to edit within every app that you're posting on, just use the third party. If your content is good, it's gonna do well. It's not gonna flop just because you didn't use the TikTok editor. I've seen people say this with a lot of different things. Like, if you edit within the app, it's gonna do so much better. If you use the same hashtag for every photo, your photos aren't gonna do well. You shouldn't use hashtags sometimes so that the algorithm can push you out. Your captions need to have this exact word. There's like so many hacks like this and they just don't work like everyone says something contradictory to the other hack and so what you should focus on is just creating content and being consistent rather than these little hacks that people think that they understand the algorithm i actually spoke with someone at instagram about the algorithm specifically and she also said she's like listen we don't Pay attention to all of these little things people are saying. How the algorithm works is that if your video is engaging, so people are liking, commenting, and staying on, and people are actually like watching the video, that is what promotes the algorithm that is what the algorithm promotes and so focus more on the content and just showing up for people than these like little tiny hacks that might not matter so that's my two cents on that because whenever i mention editing on like a third-party app like CapCut, people kind of always ask that and i always just say if your video is good it's gonna do well and sometimes your video is good and it doesn't do well, and you have to go back to the drawing board and listen to your audience. So it's really important that um, I'm talking a lot about, you know, ways to build an audience and an engage in community rather than just like pumping content out. So that kind of brings me to my next point, which is strategizing and organizing. You have to have a plan. And again, I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again. If you are watching this video, you clearly have recognized that content creation is not easy. It is not a walk in the park. It's not going to be something that you know you can just kind of throw up on a whim and you're going to do really great. I think, especially if you also have another job, or if this is a side hustle for you, or you're a student you need some plan or else content is never going to go out and with strategy and organization that's where consistency comes in. And consistency is so important. If you post a really great video, but you're never consistent, you're not going to grow. So you have to be consistent. And I'm going to talk about it in a little bit more about like consistency over quality, but consistency matters. And that is the point I'm trying to say. And if you don't have a strategy or a plan, I promise it is going to be so much harder to be consistent. So I'm going to show you what I use to strategize and keep track of everything. And I obviously use Rella, which makes my life so much easier. And that is why I created Rella, because of people like myself who wanted a tool that, you know, could help me organize and streamline everything. So I like to plan my content based on the week or the month. I'll either do a monthly calendar or a weekly calendar. And it just completely depends on how I'm feeling at the beginning of the week and at the beginning of the month. I try to do monthly for YouTube and then weekly for Instagram and TikTok, but sometimes that doesn't work out and so I'm flexible with it. But obviously I use Rella's content calendar and I will actually go in and anytime I have a content idea so I don't lose it, I'll go into Rella and I'll add it as a content idea on there because that way, whenever I'm ready to bring it to life, I can actually just start building it out directly on Rella and I don't have to go from like my notes to my content calendar to the content calendar and my notes like never appear. So at the beginning of every week or month, whenever I'm planning, I'll kind of go through, look at my content ideas, see if I can actually create any of them. And then if not, I'll just like go on my monthly calendar and I'll start putting things in. I like to have a certain day of the week that I upload for YouTube, but for everything else, it's just kind of random. It depends on my schedule, but if it makes it easier, definitely pick a day of the week that works for you and stick to that. So I'll go in on my calendar, I'll start writing everything out. And then whenever I'm ready, I'll actually go in and I'll kind of start to like plan it out. So for this video, I just spent the day this morning planning out like all of my notes that I'm going to talk about with you. This is not something that I just started recording and it's off the dome. I'm just talking about it. Like, no, I have a bunch of notes that I am looking at so that I make sure that I stay on track with the video. And I even do that for my vlogs because I have been feeling kind of discouraged when it comes to my vlogs lately. I feel like sometimes I'll pick up the camera and record and then I just like hate the video that I recorded because I felt like I got nothing done in it. I'll actually go in and before my days even started I will kind of write a bunch of things that I want to do in the vlog or show in the vlog or talk about in the vlog and I'll add them as checklists so I'll have an intro like what do I want the intro to be is there a specific topic I want to touch on what am I doing that day like based on my calendar and I'll make sure I have a checklist of like make sure I get that done and you can even put like a time and date so like let's say it's like you're going to lunch with your friend and you want to make sure that you don't forget to film it I'll literally put the time and the date and then I'll send me a reminder and i'm like oh got it and so that has been super helpful with me too so i will try to do as much prep and planning because that way when it's actually time to film it literally makes your life so much easier and instead of creating this like project management template on notion or ClickUp or asana rella is literally made for that so i definitely recommend using that instead Another thing that I do is I will repurpose my content because I want to maximize my reach. And so with that, I will go in and I will repurpose all of my short form content if it's a minute or less, and I will upload it to YouTube shorts, TikTok and Instagram reels. Now I've kind of figured out what works on Instagram versus what works on TikTok, But in the beginning, I just uploaded everything because I wanted to see what stuck. So because I edit on CapCut, I will upload the video into Rella and I will repurpose it. I'll I'll add it, let's say, to like TikTok. I'll put my caption, I'll put my hashtags, and then I will hit repurpose and I will auto post it on Instagram Reels and YouTube Shorts. So that way I don't even have to go into those apps and like do anything. Like everything is done through Rella and it's auto posted and it's so easy. And you can even auto post like on TikTok too. If you want, I'll auto post TikTok, Instagram Reels, YouTube Shorts, and it just goes goes out on all three. And that way you can kind of see what works and what doesn't. When I did that in the beginning, I saw the type of content that worked on Instagram and what worked on TikTok. So now I differentiate the two. So now sometimes I repurpose content on Instagram and TikTok, but not every piece of content is repurposed. But the good thing is I have the option once it's in one centralized spot, which is Rella, which saves me so much time. And if you guys made it this far in the video and you guys want to check out Rella, you can get 50% off your plan using my code Natalie50. And so use that in Rella, get 50% off the annual plan, uh, which is a great deal. You can literally get Rella for like less than $10 a month because of that. So use it there and Yeah. So make sure that you have a strategy and that you have a plan in place, which also brings me to something that I spoke on earlier, which is consistency over quality. I think sometimes people think that quality is the only thing that matters because if you post a bad quality video, then like no one's going to watch it. And I disagree with you. I actually disagree with you because if you go back to every creator of yours and you look at their first piece of content, I guarantee it does not meet the quality that their content is today. It was bad quality, but they found an audience even when they were posting bad quality content because it is more about what you are posting rather than how it looks or the quality of it. It matters about the value, the entertainment, if they like you or not. Like if I'm being honest, that is what matters way more than, oh wow, this is so crisp. This has some crisp audio in it. Like, no, people will listen to an audio podcast that has r- audio recording from Zoom and it's like breaking up and dogs are barking in the background and that will still get views. I'm not saying that quality doesn't matter at all, but I think we got to get out of perfectionism, stop being a perfectionist and just poach The content especially in the beginning because in the beginning you can post the best quality video ever but if you are not consistent no one is going to watch and i think in the beginning it is way more important to flex your content creation muscle and to work that out than it is to post something that is like super highly produced and such good quality because also you're probably never going to post it if you're focusing on quality Because it's never going to reach your your standard of perfectionism. And so I'm speaking to all of the perfectionists out there. I'm looking you in the eyes (laughs) or if you're listening, I'm speaking directly to you. Imagine me looking you in the eyes and I am telling you to stop being a perfectionist because that is not going to get you followers and that's not going to get you an audience and that's not going to get you views. What it's going to is if you just start posting. So stick to a day in the calendar. if That's what works for you. Set a specific number of times you're going to post every single week and the minimum should be once a week across any platform. I think for YouTube, once a week is great, but for TikTok and Instagram, you're going to have to probably post more than that. But I would say stick to something realistic, like one to three times a week on these platforms and just start posting because then you're going to start seeing the topics your audience wants to hear. You're going to start seeing what they like. You're going to start seeing what they don't like. They're going to give you feedback and they're also going to follow along and want more content from you. So start posting content instead of worrying about perfectionism. And then the fifth one is monetization. It is no secret that people want to make money on social media. I don't think it's wrong either. I think if you asked me a few years ago about, I want to start social media because I want to make money, I would say, okay, good luck with that. Like, it's not that easy to make money on social media. In 2023, 2024, it's actually a lot easier than it ever was before. And I think it is totally fine to realize that this is a career and realize that you can make money off of it and want to make money off of it If the only reason you're starting is because you want to make money i think it's going to be very hard for you to have a long lasting career because you genuinely have to enjoy it but i don't think it's wrong to want to make money off of this because there is money in it like there is we just got to start talking about that i will dive into another video about all of the ways that you can make money on social media A brief overview, mainly brand deals, but there's also affiliate marketing, there's AdSense, there's community memberships, there's so many different ways that you can make money as a creator and the limit is literally endless like there are so many different ways that you can make money. And so I think that's just really important to keep in mind. However, this video is already very long and I cannot dive into all of the monetization sides of things. But this video is about how to become a creator, not how to make money on social media. So if you want that video, give it a thumbs up, let me know. But I will say that if you follow the advice of picking the right content to make, having a strategy and having a plan, being consistent, finding the platforms that work for you. If you do all of that, that is going to help you build an audience and you cannot make money without having an audience. So you should focus on that first and then the monetization will come. You will start getting interest from brands. You will start have a community that wants to see maybe more exclusive content that you can then turn into a membership. You'll start becoming a thought leader and then maybe you can sell a course. So The money will come if you do everything else that I listed and build a loyal community and audience. So, I don't necessarily think this is the video to talk about that, but if you do want me to talk about that, then let me know. So, all in all, a little summary (laughs) is to focus on content pillars or your niche, then find the platforms that you are prioritizing and work on those before you add anything else. Then comes the strategy and organization. You have to have a plan, you have to have a strategy, and you have to be organized. I recommend Rella, Plot Twist, and be consistent, and then the money will follow. That could be a one-sentence summary of this long video and this long episode, but I hope that this was helpful. This is all the stuff that I would do and that I'm probably going to do in 2024, and I'm just really excited because I'm excited to create more evergreen content like this that actually brings people in, and I'm really excited to start just creating more content for you and sitting down on the mic in front of the camera and providing value in a way that I don't think I was doing in 2023. So I will definitely be adding that to my strategy in the next year. And I am very excited for it. And so I hope that you guys enjoyed today's episode. I hope you enjoyed today's video and I will see you guys next time. Bye guys. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Real Real. I hope that you enjoyed and don't forget to rate, review, follow, or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. You can follow me personally on Instagram at Natalie Barbu and the podcast at The Real Real Podcast. I'll see you next Monday. I have a solo episode where I talk about not sharing a bed with my husband and why that's okay. I hope you'll tune in to these conversations every week, join us on Instagram at The Mom Room Podcast, and start to feel a little less alone in this crazy thing called motherhood. Hey, my name is Lovon Rumpf and I've been working my ass off as a celebrity stylist by day and a podcast host by night. At The Low Life Podcast, it's all about keeping it real. We're talking fashion, beauty to religion, sex, drugs, mental health. I mean, there's no topic off limits here, and vulnerability is mandatory. You can find my podcast, The Low Life, that's L-O, no W, everywhere and anywhere you listen to your podcasts. New episodes are out every Thursday. We'll see you then.